0: And now blockers in front lowers the shoulder and in he throws on the run touchdown unbelievable
1: and welcome to season two of the Turn Up for What podcast we're back talking Texans from the Great British Isles for our second season we think football's back or at least it appears that way the Texans will be kicking off the season with no preseason may I add on the September the tenth and a probably a twenty percent capacity arrowhead stadium joining me to talk through this uh, of what might be or might not even happen at all um, is Mike at Chaps from staff on Twitter Mike how you doing mate
0: I'm doing good mate I'm doing good yeah
1: good I think it feels like football's around the corner in some ways and then other days you see it's not gonna but I think 20% capacity yeah well that's it is it 20% capacity Everybody's banished to their their armchair, and some people like that way. Um, but I mean, for me personally, I think not to be there this year for the first time in a long time is is a bit depressing, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, most most seasons I'm I'm in my armchair anyway. It's very rare that I actually get over there to see a game, but um, it, this actually was one of the years I was planning on getting over there with my daughter. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a bit annoying.
1: Yeah, well that's it. Uh, and I think I mean look you, like it's all the, you know, all these things that have changed and you know whereas' wearing a mask or whatever you need to do or whatever you can't go and whatever you've got to do, give you de- details when you go anywhere. But you know, you, you can take that if if you get a sense of normality. And I think having football back on a Sunday is, is a big is a big deal for people, I think. But to take away the atmosphere, uh, and take away the, the tailgate and everything, you know, you take away a lot more. And, you know, and I think it's a lot more than goes into than just what goes on the it's white a, lines, I think.
0: Yeah, it's a big part of the fan experience, the tailgate and being there in person and the travelling fans. Uh, one of the things that struck me was um, in one of the more recent statements uh, from the NFL, they're, they're talking about, you know, confidence in, in, in the systems and things that got in place. Uh, but they also talk about how they're going to let local rules uh, dictate sort of whether or not um, there'll be spectators at, at live games. Um, that's kind of it means it's going to be inconsistent because you've got different areas of the US with different rules. So you might find yourself in a in a situation where, um, let's just say, for example, the Patriots, they're in an area that's got a really low infection rate, so they're probably going to be allowing fans in. Um, but they're probably not going to be welcoming fans from an area with uh, with high infection rates. So, for example, the Texans are in, a, in one of the sort of higher infection rate areas. Those Texans fans might not be able to travel uh, to New England, so you, you might have a situation where you've got lots of home support and very little actual travelling support. So that's going to change the game, isn't it? That's going to change the whole sort of uh, feeling of a game, even if you're watching it live. If all, all the crowd are cheering for one side and one side only, that's a... That's a big change.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's how many's in there, right? Because I think if you take 60, 70, up to 80% of the fans out, then then I suppose the home field advantage is a bit less than it it would have been. I think I I saw Houston was ranked eighth, probably the only time I've seen them ranked anywhere in the, uh, probably where I think they should probably be in terms of a team uh, defense, you know, defensive frailties aside, but uh they're ranked eighth but they're ranked eighth in terms of the metropolitan areas that have got the highest level of infection so, <laughs> yeah. so so you know of all the of all the nfl teams so i it's like it's, it's 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 a strange one you know at this time of the season did you and i think we would be talking about IDER plans I, you know i'd much be rather talking about what we you know what we think we're going to do in an empty set of three wide receivers but it seems yeah. like that the it's changed a lot and and, and, and look, and it is what it is, and I think it's it's beyond our control. And I think, and that that's the thing, because when it starts, September September tenth, the Texans go out there, Kansas City. Now, our schedule, I think, the whole complexion has now changed. We'll come on to a bit with you know taking fans out, mm-hmm. but there's got to be this lingering thought that it could all just get halted at any point. You saw that with the Florida Marlins mm-hmm. yesterday; the they've had to cancel their opening day fixture before, so they, they you know they're. They've had to can it before they've even even uh, thrown out the first pitch, and you know what if a building or a team you're playing, uh, this building gets a you know a, an infection rate and and cancels it, and then you've also got as well there was a team this week that a, a guy um, I think it, I think it was Minnesota got a, one of the front office guys got um, got an infection they just about to clear the whole building out the guy gets sent home and they found out it was a false positive. Yeah. So there's just <laughs> yeah. there's just so many things you think. So what if halfway through the season, you know, say you're three and one or four and one yeah. or something, and the whole season just either stops or yeah, you they're doing, be doing games, daily testing
0: games. to begin with as well. So everyone will be getting daily testing. And if you look at, I mean, all I can all I can really sort of compare it to is the sport that's going on over here at the moment. So you've got like cricket, for example, where you've got teams that are existing in bubbles, so they're, you know they're, they're completely sealed off from the outside world. Um, but then you've got the occasional player who will break that. So, you know, you're a player that, that sneaks out for a, a McDonald's or whatever, uh, and then it gets found out that they've snuck out, so then they're excluded from the team. Um, so, you know, you've got, you've got these kind of rules that are going to have an effect on player availability. Um,
1: Did you see the um, guy from, the, I think it was the LA Clippers left the bubble? Yeah, in Orlando, uh, and he was Instagrammed in his favorite strippers yeah. near uh, near the bubble. But I think the claim was that he went for the lemon and pepper chicken wings. Sure, that sure, yeah. of- <laughs> well, that's what's so, going to happen. I mean, these guys, so these guys
0: are they're disciplined, they're professionals, but you know they've got lives and they're they're young guys with a lot of money and they're used to they used to getting out there, they're used to celebrating and you know enjoying their lives. And you, you're going to have people sneaking out, breaking the rules. It's what happens. It's human nature. Yeah, well, yeah. and that's um, it. I
1: think because like the, the the rumor that the league has spent seventy five million um, on this third party testing company. Um, they've got a seven. They've got to have seventy two hours apart the testing. They're going to be tested every day, and that will continue until their infection it goes below five yeah. percent. Now, based on the the first rookies that got tested when he came in the building, I think it was about two percent odds um, in terms of players um, that were brought in the building. If you take yeah. rookie class, just that kind of rough numbers. Um, but that's the biggest question exactly what you said you can't trust 53 guys for one of them not to break out and do something that they maybe shouldn't do and you know like as yes, you said I mean if you were a 23 year old guy you know with you know a, a fair bit of disposable income putting your body yeah. through severe punishment and strain and you can't go and just go out for something to eat or go out for a few drinks with your friends or your teammates or anything like that it's a lot to ask, uh, and you think yeah. you see in the NBA they've put them in the bubble, and it feels like it's worked. But I just don't think it's feasible when you've got, you know, probably an operations staff plus the players, plus all the equipment, plus everything. There's, it's, a it's a too much to bust around. I think, and it just wouldn't be practical.
0: Uh, and they're in, they're in really close. I mean, they they're in really close proximity to each other. It's just the way it is. It's the nature of, of a team game. Uh, it's it's a really difficult a really difficult one and the fact that you know you can test on a daily basis but if you if you know someone's broken that you're not gonna if they have you know if they have picked up the infection you're not gonna know straight away you're not gonna go for you know, for sort of 14 days so it's um it's gonna be it's gonna take a lot of discipline a lot of discipline and you'll probably find that teams might find out about someone breaking the rules um, but but the question then is do they do they report that do they or do they keep it quiet because they might lose a player or lose a number of players availability it's uh it's going to be really interesting I mean you know on on the bright side there will be football and everybody's kind of playing by the same rules so it's it's an even playing field but how they manage that it's going to be really difficult well, you see in the building as part
1: of those so I think this week come coming the Texans have got retina scan doors so you don't have to touch any surfaces as you walk through the building. Completely gutted the place, cleaned it out, brought the guy. I think his name's Ray Claridge, They've brought him in uh, to be sort of head of hygiene. He's put, you know, the, you can't mix with tier one to tier two. So tier one players are the players, and the coaching staff, and the essential essential football operation. And you've got tier twos like the media and PR and some player contact. And then you've got tier three, which is the complete back office that don't go near the sort of you know the the, the, uh, the players in the in the front end of the of the program, but you know, all that being said, as I said, it just takes one guy to go out and go, you know, and, and do something or go somewhere and actually not even do anything particularly, you know, particularly untoward. Um, um, Or it might be one of his family members do that or something like that. And then you could, you could have an outbreak, yeah. but they, they have given them proximity wristbands that beep if you stand too close to each other, they've all got a space out. They're talk- <laughs> yeah, they're, really? they're talking. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're, to be fair to a particular detection have been called out, is putting absolutely everything into this because okay they you know and 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 I take my hat off to Cal McNair you know you think of what you think about him when he's a it's a bit goofy with a mustache but when he came out and he did all those interviews with uh, you know some some big big uh, figures in the black community in Houston and and, and abroad you know and, and further afield um he came across really well I thought and he came across like somebody who cares and and actually probably changed my perception as, as a lot of other people did you know did but I think at a time when his operation costs are going up, and they're talking about the Texas yeah. potentially losing over 300 million in game day revenue, it yeah, shows yeah. he wants to win. Now, is that because he's got Bill O'Brien? Uh, Jack used to be in his ear saying, look, this is potentially a window of opportunity we're facing right now. Because if you think about the lack of training camp, right, the, tech, the Texas go are going yep. to turn it up in the next, or are, are, are staggered um, pace over the 70, the 72-hour period until they're all clear Then they can be yep. inside the building. The pads don't go on until the 14th, right, and you've only got a total of 14 padded practices between now and Kansas yep. City. You're in from the 1st to the 11th, but then you get the day of the 8th off. You're in the 12th to the 16th, and then you get the 15th off as well in between that. yeah. So, the early weeks and watch. You know, if you add also the fact if you go to Kansas City Week One, maybe twenty percent of the the fans in, in in the house, and teams have had a limited practice, it's the best time for us to play and feed you on paper better teams than us. At that point of the season, yeah, you've got a better chance. The the playing field is completely little. Yeah, First
0: few games, yeah, first few games of the season, the quality is gonna will naturally be lower than it would be if they'd had a decent you know amount of preseason. And that's where there's, there's probably two, two new areas where, you know, having a competitive advantage in these areas is going gonna, is gonna to make a difference and has never made a difference before. That is, you know, the, the start of the season, as you say, how, how well you manage that and also how well you manage the health situation in a, an ongoing way as well. So if you're better at making sure people don't get infected or don't put themselves in situations where they might have to be kept out of games just in case, then that's, that's an absolute competitive advantage so that that could make a difference that could that could really make a difference in, it, in a game where sometimes the margins are you know really small you know it's it's very small amount of, of margin in terms of performance being able to keep people uh, keep people on the field a little bit longer and and being more ready for games is, is absolutely even though that that sort of that one advantage is probably only going to last a game two games into the season that's a big difference that one or two games can make a difference and I, I think with the
1: Health is probably on every given season is maybe 30, 40% of what goes into it because if you stay healthy, you've got a chance. Yeah. If you cut your best pleasure and if it every yeah. team's got a you know a good core of pro veterans that can that can win you games. This season I think that you know that probably rise to 50 60 percent. Now you take out obviously you've got yeah. to have teams that players will disappear um, for weeks if they go in the it's not the concussion protocol we're worrying about, it's the isolation protocol that we're now gotta worry about. Yeah. And then and then also, on, on top on top of that, we've got players, and it's not happened to us yet, but you've seen today, I don't know if you've seen Mike, just in the last couple of hours, it's come out, the Dante Hightower is going to set out the season for the Pats. They've already had Marcus Cannon, their right tackle, last night came out, so right. he's going to sit out. Uh, obviously, uh, Laurent, uh, Tar, uh, Laurent Tardif, I think he's pronounced the French Canadian guard for the Chiefs, um, he's sitting out. Now, he's a big piece of that line um, yeah. that, that was already potentially a an area that they were going to address now, don't get me wrong, they're signing Kalechi who you know was a pro- previously you know sort of Pro Bowl level player when he was in Oakland. Um, so you yeah. know, I don't feel like they've got that much weaker him, but certainly the Pants. If you think of all the players that lost with Brady, um, and everything going out the window, um, in this you know, over the summer, you know, they're, they're looking weak, so that could happen to any team at any point. Now, we're probably going to find yeah, out the could. next few weeks, and you never know, one of, you know, we you know, you and I don't know. What which Texas players got diabetes or asthma, and might just think.
0: No, well, that was an interesting thing because uh, I was reading uh, a few days back the uh, Players Association had got a statement, which is now missing from their site. So I'm assuming that they that they have uh, that the the relationship with the NFL has become more constructive again. But there was a point where they were the Players Association and the NFL seemed to be quite at odds still over quite a lot of issues. Um, but one of the things that they had agreed was was the um, you know the opt-outs you know for for players that might have might have issues or might feel that they're sort of more at risk than others. Now I don't know what the details of what 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 makes you eligible for that, but essentially these opt-outs they you know they can't they can't force these players to play and they shouldn't force these players to play. But it, it is a it is kind of a a tool that players can use during the season as well. You know, if they uh, if they're having a bad season, or if they're if, if they're you know falling out with a coach or, or whatever, it does make me wonder whether or not some of the more uh, let's say sort of um, trouble players or players with 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 uh, you know want to use something as a as a bit of a as a bit of a tool to to make a point might might sort of threaten these opt-outs or might start start to use them during the season uh, for for other reasons if you like. So you know, you've uh, got a bit of a discipline issue rather than. Uh, Rather than taking it from the team, you uh, you, you trigger opt out instead. I was wondering whether or not that might be uh, might be something that we'll see as well. So I, I don't. I say I don't know. That. I think you have to have
1: certain medical issues to, to qualify, or you have to do it. I think before a certain date, I believe. But I mean, okay. uh, to be fair to the NFLPA and and, uh, and DeMarcus Smith and the guys that are running you know on the on the board there, and um, they've done a good job, I think, in terms of trying to get. They basically had to re-engineer parts of the CBA temporarily. They've just spent, you know, eighteen months agreeing um, to do it. Now, I think it's a positive step. I think that that they've extended the practice roster to sixteen. You've also got four players that you you can protect in other teams. you don't go in waivers. You yeah. can keep them. So that'll be interesting to see if the undrafted free agents, um, you know, the te- yeah. the Texans have picked up. But I think that. But the biggest thing I think for this is the no preseason games gives you limited time to review the sort of. The tail end of your roster right so you think 53 47 48 of those yep. guys are there or thereabouts but there's those you know final five six spots that are that are set now you've got additional practice squad spots so you can keep guys on and take you know and take them on yeah. and there is no there's no penalty if you go in the COVID reserve list now they're added an additional list yeah. that wasn't complicated enough all the various lists that you can disappear players onto but again, there's just ways, like you said, I mean, there's ways around, around the rules potentially that you could stash a player for the next season um if they don't want to play or you could stash a, a rookie that you don't want you don't want yeah. to lose, you know, and that often happens on the injured reserve. We did it with Kaime, Fairburn, you know, and they've done it many times before. But I think the worst bit is if you're a guy coming out of college this year, it's pointless effectively if you've not been drafted.
0: And even if you have been drafted in the last few rounds, you're not, a, you're probably not gonna yeah. make the roster. You might you
1: might even be already been released
0: yeah it's going it might end some careers before they even start this season um it's a, it's a concern i think um it's it's yeah it's it's difficult it's it's a bad time for anyone to be starting any career <laughs> to be quite honest um but there's a there's a sort of cycle with the nfl and uh, i think if you if you fail to get on it at, at the right point then um, it just makes it all the more difficult so yeah, yeah I totally if, agree if you think That's guys on the
1: roster now like Dylan Cole special teams captain he was undrafted free agent Brennan Scarlett's had a second contract since he's been undrafted free agent probably our best running back ever Arian Foster was undrafted yeah. free agent you know what you think you guys like Victor Cruz who went to the Super Bowl Tony Romo all these kind of guys that have been big players in the league come for humble beginnings because they've worked their way in over training camp OTAs mini camp pre-season so these guys are not going to have it so I think it limits the talent but I think one thing I would again, I would tip my hat to O'Brien, and you know, he's been criticized much this offseason as always, but you know, he said this is a veteran type of year. And now that reality it's is right. really at yeah. home for people because you know they took a limited draft class of five guys. Uh, you yeah. know, what nine nine undrafted free agents. A few of them have released yesterday. We've still got two cuts to make. Um but he, he to be fair I me, mean, he was ahead of the
0: curve, I think, on this
1: one, versus some teams that took big classes.
0: Yeah, start of the season. No, no. Uh, very, very limited experience at that level is going to be is going to be a real issue for some people. Um So yeah, maybe, maybe you know. I think I said, I think I said a previous one that you know maybe O'Brien's got uh, this this grand plan that we don't know about and it's all going to pay off. Maybe, maybe it is paying off. But
1: I think veteran teams this year. I think if you've got a new coaching staff, if you're relying on yep. rookie contributions, I think in reality, I think okay, you probably want. Ross Blacklock to come and contribute. Um, but I don't know if you saw a photo, there was a picture the other day, and it was Blacklock, I think it was Davin Bellamy, who's been in the practice squad forever, and came out of Georgia, never quite made it onto the team, and Jonathan Greenard. And actually, I was shocked at the size of Jonathan Greenard compared to Blacklock. I, I had him up in my head that Blacklock was a far bigger defensive tackle, you know, big body in the middle. And actually, when you saw those two guys side to side, I thought, he's a defensive end, he's not a defensive He's not a tackle, so I did notice last night when the Texans released Ira Savage Lewis, who's been on the on the on the practice squad for a while. We know Brian's been high on him. You know, there's people certainly in the building are high on him. He's um, been released with a non-football designated injury, so they brought back Albert Huggins, who was came out of Clemson actually pretty good in the preseason last year. I thought against the game against Detroit, did quite well. So obviously, I think they're concerned about that depth, and, and, and you know, on the nose um, of that line. But you know, you, there's there's ways and means around that um, in terms of that. But really, if you look at that class this year, Greener and Blacklock, you can you know, we can contribute Certainly, I mean, with all respect to Charlie Heck, I don't yep. want to see him in the field because that means Tunsell or or Howard are missing time. So you know, and then you got Reed and mm-hmm. Cooler who could possibly play a bit of special teams and maybe coming for. Packages, so yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm in terms of relying on rookie contributions to win, I don't think we need to, and we should, ne- you should never right. need to. But I think you know, some teams are in that position. But you know, if you've got a rookie quarterback or you've got something like this, you know, you know, or a, a key position for you, you know, apart from maybe running back because you know, you're basically just diving into the holes that, that are given to you, you know, via scheme or blocking, and wide receiver when it's kind of match up and you can just run your, your set routes, your set package. It's going to be hard for rookies to contribute this year, big time. I just can't see it.
0: Yeah, I I I, I agree. I agree, and you know that whole getting into into the season. I think it, it probably the the latter half of the season. I think not such a not such a sort of major issue, but I think first half of the season that that's going to make a you know it's going to have a big impact on on how well certain teams do.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I think the, the schedule, I think if you look at all the road games that we had, you know, the are pretending like the Thanksgiving Day crowd, easy for me to say against Detroit, or, you know, or Kansas City week one, or going to Chicago, going to Pittsburgh. These places are pretty loud, you know, and there is a home field advantage there. And actually that's been taken away now. And it actually, you know, okay, we've got Cam Newton's coming to, to, to you know, to, for the New England game. I don't know how that'll, you know, pan, you know how, how they'll pan out, but, you you've got to think that there, there is definitely a change in our you know schedule because it's yep. you know that that's a big deal. But I think it is a big deal, and there's small positives right now. But I think what we've got to remember is that the biggest concern, I think, you know, having this, you know, health aside, and you know, the season's a lottery, right? I think we'll have you know a couple of teams that make it in the latter stages. Of the playoffs that you probably won't expect just because they you know they've got foundational pieces in the building and they've been lucky with even luckier with health than you normally need to be but the biggest concern is the salary yep. cap and they're talking about 175 million It will drop down to potentially that's the floor they've set for next year we've not extended Watson yet we've only if it was to fault with that amount we're only going to have less than a couple of hundred thousand dollars space right now um without, you know, Watson's extended numbers, only his fifth year numbers, you know. So you're talking maybe a significant portion of that salary is still to be accounted for. So if it does fall down, I think, you know, this season could be you know not, not a closing of the window in some ways, but certainly a good chance versus we're gonna to have to make some tough financial decisions that probably been forced upon us because of this.
0: Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Um I think we, we've we said before that if we i think we, we kind of agreed that if we could go into the bye week um in, in a positive uh positive results against negative results then we you know the season's going to start to look really good um so i think that kind of plays to our advantage but you've got a you've got a fair point that you know this is a this feels like this feels like a an opportunity that if we miss it uh, and it always felt a little bit like that actually to be fair before the whole covid 19 thing um that this is a sort of not a last chance at all. That's that's the wrong that's the wrong way to put it. But it feels like things are this season. After this season, things are going to get quite difficult. So they'll be difficult for O'Brien, I think, if we don't get decent results this season. Um, and I think they'll be difficult in that you know we're we're going to have big bills to pay and uh, potentially quite big shakes in terms of the sort of um, the experienced players in the team. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah,
1: I think there's. There's big deals that you know that you know that we can get out of, you know, um, David Johnson, um, uh, Brandon Cooks, but you know, these guys were just brought in this season, so you know, you, you might, you know, there's a possibility to, to extend. It. I've not seen that, I, I thought it was a weird uh deal yesterday when then I extended Kelamenti because his tape's not been good, he only played in week one last year, went out with a wrist injury, and yeah. then just by a numbers game alone, he had to go on IR. So I was surprised at that, but I mean, I think. Maybe in this year you think depth guys could be you know so vital. So I kind of get it from that point of view. But yeah. he certainly didn't warrant it. But I don't know if that was just a, a a spread of his cap money maybe into next year and then less and then next year's. You know, so that's one of those almost false extensions in a way where there's not that much guaranteed in next year. But you know, I think it, it it does worry me that at times. I think because you know we're one of the teams. I think we're one of the top four or five teams that will be caught out by this the most. And yeah. actually, some of the decisions we've made and everything, you know, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to make some tough choices of guys who are in, you know, contract years, uh, which you know, there's not too many that, that that stick out as a concern. But I think we've got to, you know, we've got to be mindful of that. And again, though, no first or second round pick, we've got quite a, a number of picks that we built up by trading away this year, so, you know, to try and you know give those layers of you know productive players that O'Brien's you know talked about. But yeah, it's 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 got to be a concern when when. Um, when he's he's when Watson's deal is not done because if you look at the the deal for Mahomes, okay like look, looks big numbers and everything but it's spread over a ten year you look at the cash flow by twenty twenty seven that we talked about I don't know if he'll ever get paid that or you know he'll be out of will no. be out of kilter with the market by the time that rolls round and actually the first yeah. three years are incredibly team friendly and that was what allowed them to go and sign Chris Jones but the rumors are that Watson wants a short three or four year deal a three year extension to his current you know one year after this season um
0: that's not a surprise no. that's not a surprise because you know and this this also is, is why I feel that this you know we, we've got to make some real strides this season because we've got to keep the confidence of the talent that wants to stay in that we want we want Watson to want to stay in the team if I think if we have a flat season then Watson's going to be thinking to himself I don't want to tie myself to this team for a long time because you know I'd have no confidence in the management, and, and, and maybe I'll be better off going somewhere else. And it would be fairly easy mm. for Watson to find himself a, a, another berth if he needed to. Yeah I,
1: I, yeah, I know I've heard people say that in some sense, and I think I don't think you could ever underestimate him leading the franchise. You know, we talked about it last time, that we should have handed the reins to him before now. He should be more of the face, and he probably will be by the time old JJ. Hangs it up and how many years he's got left? I don't know. But then you know that's another big wall on that side of the ball. <laughs> how many years
0: has he got left? Yeah. yeah so but we, yeah, yeah, we don't know
1: um, at this stage. But you know, I mean, it's it's interesting. I think it's going to be a complete lottery. I think we don't really know. You know how long the lottery will last for. We don't know how many games it'll last for. I, I'm assuming it's going to be in this kind of you know closed door environment throughout. It's probably not going to change. You know the the risk, but I think you know we're not. I'm not an epidemiologist and I don't think you are my qualified anyway but but uh, but it's one of these things it's like you know you don't want to talk about it too much but it is a big reality of you know is is this the second wave or is this still the first wave reverberating around this you know cities and states that have got far bigger uh, you know far bigger populations than we do you know in sort of similar um demographics right well, it's
0: still working through so you know some some states some states you know it, where it has been quite bad, it is improving. It's still it's still above acceptable levels. You know, it's still technically a pandemic, um, but it, it, the numbers are improving. I do get to see these; as part of my job. Um, but there are there are some states sort of um, where where things are actually getting worse still. Um, so this is why it's it's inconsistent. It's absolutely inconsistent. And I, I know the US is a is a is a different thing. You can't compare like the UK and the US because the US is like lot, lots of different countries all bolted together. Um, and it's so spread out and they're so different so some of them are basically empty but you know some of this this could be going on for a long time this could be going for a very long time this could be going on for more than this season this is this is likely i would say something that's going to still affect it affect next season as well i don't think it's going to go away within the space of a season um so um yeah it's it's not it's not a thing that's going to clear up so it it might be that um whatever rules they get in place and, and maintain and adjust over the course of this season are, are going to hang around and still be with us. So the teams that cope with it really well um, are going to have that advantage, but also the teams where if they're in an area where it re- they really struggle to get on top of it, you know, they're going to be at a, at a disadvantage in, in terms of finances and things. It's, a, it's, you know, yeah. it's not just this season at all. This is going to go on. Yeah.
1: And you've got, you know, and, and that, that's what makes me think as well. And, an article out last night on podcasttext.com, just some of my thoughts as we were writing up writing up notes uh, before we talked today and I think that the thing for me is that I, you know the, like the NFL is you know grossly efficient at parting you with your cash yeah you, their ability you know or their um, channels to take that cash off you predominantly through game day revenue which is the biggest source for every team it varies by team is reduced so you 've got to, you've got to think you know that there's going to be ways to mitigate that and you know is there going to be swap you know switches towards gambling and and, and that availability and accessibility of people that can go and place bets on games because you know, we'll come to some of the Washington stuff and later but the but the you know that, that that was that was part of that story um and there was also part of the fact that you know you think as states have allowed gambling, you do see some, you know, some terrible decisions by referees or players or yeah. point spreads or yeah. whatever it might be, and you know, and when you know, and when economies, you know, falter, gambling goes up. Is, you know, that's just a well trodden economic theory. Yeah. So that's got, you know, that's got to play into it as well. I think, and you think it's going to change the complexion, you know, of it, whether it be, you know, basically a pumped and crowd noise by Fox Sports, which they seem to keep be doing. I've seen they've got individual. Uh, self-imposed or superimposed rather crowd faces in the baseball and I think you know I was, I saw, yeah, yeah I, saw. I was watching the baseball the other day and there's something incredibly sad about a home run being it and they just have an empty seat I think yeah and yeah and it it just you know I, th- I think it's it's going to change but it, I think people will get comfortable with watching it at home I think the players at yeah. time will get comfortable with no energy but energy swings games and 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 money will definitely swing games. But I think, you know, like whatever's going to, you know, whatever we've been used to watching in the past, I think that's, you know, it will change and the quality of the product that we touched on earlier. I, I think that's going to go down because the tack, you know, the, there's, there's a, I think it's Dartmouth I was reading about the other day and they, they've not allowed their players to tackle each other in practice for a long time. And the, they've reduced in, um, they've reduced issue, issues of injuries and surgeries, you know, beyond recognition. So, you know, there, there may be a trend of, you know, not tackling your own team and, in practice and you've got limited practice as it is but you know i think that that's gonna that's gonna impact the field and i think if you watch you know nfl even from like the late 90s early 2000s the standard of tackling and some of the execution is far better than it is now because the last two cbas have reduced time players times with coaches and it's just you know and it's reduced the quality of the product so it, that might just perpetuate that problem again and
0: yeah, but you also you in, you increase the risk of of foul tackles, and you increase the risk of injuries during games as well. Though you know, it's not it's a it's it's you know, being you might iron out injuries in practice, but people being able to tackle properly and within the rules and safely is a thing that isn't it doesn't just come. It comes with practice and with, with knowing what you're doing. So if that if the quality of that goes down, you know um, it, it, it it has a, it has an impact elsewhere. So that. It might be safer. You might have you might have less injuries in practice, but you, you start you look at um I got a good good analogy I guess is um where you be in rugby right so um it became a professional game the players got bigger and stronger and faster and the, and they had to look at how tackles work because you know you start to you've got a guy who's the size of your average American football player hitting another guy who's also moving at a similar speed and and if you're not doing it right, you're going to injure yourself. You're going to injure the other player. Um, so you've got to have that contact. You can't you can't have a game like like American football and and not have people practicing in close proximity and having that contact. I just can't. I just don't. You just can't do it. It just it, some of the real fundamentals of the game are sort of at risk of of not being as good and that. It, apart from it reducing the quality of the game that you're watching um, it, it makes it a less safe game for the player.
1: yeah I, I mean you already saw that in the last few years you know as you got late season that you know people leading with the shoulder not wrapping up and poor tackling trying to yeah. clean guys out and and you know and a lot of the time as you do that defender you actually you give up a play more than make one I think and that's the yeah so you know players I think will have to adjust and that was always the issue with Kevin Johnson wasn't it, it was got you know, a minute wait for us first round picks probably that and um. What's the guy's name, McCoy, that they took in the first round? It was like 19, I think. He's only just turned 30 now, I think. But when he took him back, I think it was 2008, I think they took him. They're probably the only two like, busts they've had. But the big problem with Kevin Johnson was he was only 180, 190 pounds, like maximum. But he played like a guy who was yeah. 220 and he just threw, threw his shoulder around. <laughs> he got concussions. He didn't play smart. Yeah. And I think if, if that's anything that maybe comes out of this, they'll have to learn how to play smarter because. You can, you know, do that. It's in, and a part of that's driven by coaching staff because it's like in the NFL, it's a boys' yeah. club. And it's the way it's, it's always been done.
0: You don't learn that through theory. You can, you can, you can absorb some of that how how it works through theory, but you've got to do yeah. it. You've got to do it to understand how it works. You can't, you can't just watch a watch a PowerPoint presentation about how to protect yourself getting to tackles. And, uh, you've got, to, you've got to try. And that's going
1: and- to be the expectation, you know, with th- you know three or four weeks, fourteen peaks, uh, fourteen padded practices, and. And you know, and it's gonna it's gonna make some shocks, I think, in terms of how players contribute or not contribute at all. Because O'Brien doesn't trust rookies, and you can see that, you know, in the special teams. Yep. And we'll probably move on a bit, but you know, we've got Tracy Smith who's coming. Um, to, well, he was already his assistant special teams coach or coordinator. He'll take over. Obviously, Brad Sealy, you know, and a bit of an older guy doing yeah, yeah, in the league year retires, and he, you know, he, all this probably yep. going on. He, he, he went home to, to live with his family while it was while everything was shut down, and you know, he probably thought, you know probably a good time for me to go and not risk his health so but I think the positive for that is see, you know uh, Smith has been learning under under Sealy for you know and have worked together for the last nine years at Oakland and New England yeah like it
0: seems it seems well planned it seems like you know it might not have originally been our plan to, to replace replacing, but it seems it seems well planned it seems Fairly well managed transition. It doesn't worry me particularly. he's got,
1: you know, and he's got his, his father there on the coaching staff, is sitting kind of, uh-huh. who kind of got moved out of a strange role. I don't know. When he came in as quarterback yeah. coach, I thought, you know, um he would be great for Watson. It was meant to be like biggest part of Russell Wilson's development in Seattle. He came over and um and he, yeah, I think he kind of got pushed aside. I think, but he's more and more in a sort of advisory role, and maybe he's you know happier kind of doing that and obviously Tim Kelly is going to call the offence but I think that's going to be a concern as well because you've got like three rookie play callers on all you know every phase of the every phase of the game this year Um, you know but I I've I, I heard you know sort of Tim Kelly's kind of said on the offence side of the ball that he wants players input because he's like look we've got limited time to do this I'm not going to try and shove my ideas down your throat I need you to give me ideas what you're comfortable with and what you can What you can execute because we're not going to have a lot of time to install this because we've already lost, you know, two key phases. But you've
0: still got, you've still got Bill O'Brien looming over all of them as well, though, in terms of play calling. So it's not as if any of these guys. to be honest, I think uh, over the piece, I'd probably
1: you know unless it's George Gottsiesque. I you know when when O'Brien gave him the call sheet and they took it off him and then you know then he left and then I don't think he's really even been a quarterback's coach level of employment since then. I think maybe at Miami now he was at Detroit for a while but you know I I think Tim Kelly's been with O'Brien for well entire time at Penn State his entire time at the Texans so if he you know I I think he'll let him run free I think he's seen that he can he can do that I think but special teams is one which you know I think is, is a point of consideration because it's all execution and it's and it can break a game open. We saw that in the Kansas City game when Michael Harmon t- returned that punt return and that was probably the biggest point. You had the crowd come in. So you won't have that sort yep. of like a, sort of springboard moment from the crowd for the players to go and, you know, take that emphasis on and, you know, go and grip the game. But, you know, it just, it, it, swinging field positions massive. And you think, you know, they've lost a number of players on, on special teams from last year. Um, that have gone out the door you know Tywon Jones has gone back to Buffalo you've got um Berkevi's Mingo obviously came in the cloudy trade but he's, he's signed for Chicago as well so that you know but guys that were that were big on um, were big you know big numbers and you know obviously so you saw Mingo's block in the in the, in the playoff game and stuff so the guys that were doing quite a good job and a lot of people probably don't know this and probably don't you know spend a lot of time you know watching because you just you know the guy makes the tackle or the guy gets a fair catch you think oh the coverage was good yeah on you go but you know th- yeah. that you know it doesn't go back that long to days of Bob Lashevsky under Kubiak and you know, we've tried Larry Izzo for years. And this special team's is an absolute shit show for you know, a number of years. And I don't think people for you know, people easily forget that, don't they, when, when it when it's actually been really good, you know, when we were in the last two or three years it's not lost as games for the most part. And it's probably not one as that many games, but I think that's probably a lot to do with the rule changes in, I, and in the wedge. Box. I think
0: special teams special teams is one of those things where people notice when it's bad but but don't notice when it's good. Um, I think they're they're not they're not not glamorous particularly. They might have the occasional moment where things something gets turned around and everybody gets excited, but it's one of those ones where if you can rely on them and they do a decent job, nobody notices. It's, it's only when it all goes wrong that people really sort of pay attention. Yeah, and that's that's it.
1: And I think you know I I think you've got to hope that Tracy Smith can can take it on and and, and make sure this team is is you know up to the standards as it was last year because it's all like execution communication. You still got you've got guys like Dylan Cole coming back, you've got guys like uh, uh Colin Gallaspia who was good on special teams and then he sort of got a bit more role in the offense, and you saw that in the Buffalo game, a couple of big blocks for Watson and a couple of couple of scores. So, you know, there's there's guys that the other Michael Thomas, and um, who's you know from Houston, who's desperate to come back and play, and he's a big special teamer as well. So they've invested in that section or that side of the ball on fourth down, like it is special, you know, like it is defence or offence. And that's, I think, been a big part of why that's improved. So, you've got to hope, you know, in a season where mistakes are going to be rife, you just don't want it to come from special teams because, you know, you know big turnovers at big times again you can easily lose games in this league far easier than you can win them it takes a lot more to to beat an opponent by craft and skill and scheme design and, and deception than it does for somebody just to fumble you know a than that, yeah too. yeah and th- you know and that's it as well because i think you know it goes back to that um it goes back to the you know the uh the, the issue about not having training camp as well and you've got guys like you know like scotty phillips from um this com- that's come that's coming in you've got like, the guy big z um, I don't even try to pronounce his name. A defensive tackle. You've got the guard at a TCU that's coming. So there's there's all these guys that have got potential. Now not all them are playing special teams, but that's how they'll make this roster. Um, you know if they can be coming positive on fourth down and then maybe you know fill a number of packages for you. But you know we, we we've got we've got a lot of we've got a lot of you know good good quality special teams players. So that's what they do. and We don't really ask them to do a huge amount more than that. So you've got to hope that it'll be much of the same for this team because it's a big a big, big part of, of uh, keeping yourself in games. But anyway, a couple of bits we want to t- touch on, and then we'll get wrapped up, right? But I thought, so I was looking at the, I don't know what you think, Mike, but I don't know if you've seen this top 100 NFL players, right? And I always remit, like, so I always think the Pro Bowl was pretty much dead the day that Mitch Trubisky made it, because it's pointless. You should have All-Pro, and there won't be a Pro Bowl this year, so I think it's probably a great step, actually, because it won't be a risk. So it'll just be an All-Pro team, uh, for both you know for both conferences and that's it, right? Because then you yeah. get all these alternates that just totally dilutes the whole purpose and it's just a bit of a show for people who live in Orlando would go along and watch a game, right? But then so then I thought this two years ago when uh, old Baker five nine uh was Baker Mayfield at um at the Browns was right above Watson, right? And that was going into last year. I mean that, that myth was completely dispelled by everyone that could ever you know anybody's ever watched the game probably doesn't need to watch too much to to tell you that actually, you know, that wasn't necessarily uh <laughs> a good move. But I think this season, I think look, I appreciate it's voted by by the players, right? So that's yeah. fair enough. But I think yeah. this season it feels like it's even got even less relevant. You've got like guys like Miles Garrett, okay, who's eighty, okay, I know he got suspended last year, sitting at eighty. And then, you yeah. know, but then you've got guys like Keenan Allen, seventy seven. You know, he's like the best route runner in the league by you know quite a substantial amount. And the worst one of it all was currently, in my opinion, I know Larry Tunsil's coming. I think about sixty six, but yeah, the the biggest one for me, I'm just trying to find where he was actually ranked just now. But was the the Pro Bowl All Pro left tackle of Ronnie Stanley of the Ravens, who's probably the best left tackle in the game, and he's got guys like. Todd Gurley ranked ahead of him, and you just think, just just get rid of this now. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've, you, there's not a lot of content right, going into off season, but
0: it's a popularity
1: well, exactly. contest, isn't that's it? All it's, it is.
0: than, it's not, it's not based on statistics or anything like that. It's just a popularity contest, I think. And yeah, it's all entirely subjective.
1: Well, that's it, and you've got you know, and you've got guys like you know Tyron Smith and Errol Topham. You know, like yeah, Ronnie Stanley. Yeah, there you go, seventy fourth, right? Yeah, uh, and you think. And then you've got a rookie running back, Josh Jacobs. Okay, he had a great year, thirteen hundred yards or whatever. But how's he you know, how how can you rate a running back who is everybody knows now these days the view of everyone is ten a penny? And you've put you know, and you've put a guy who teams would kill the you know, you saw what the Texans gave up for yes. for um for Tunsil for that. So
0: yeah. You know. Yeah. We got our friend JJ at number forty five. I mean, there's no way he would agree that he should only Well, that. exactly.
1: Yeah, I think he <laughs> slipped every year, but maybe maybe that is accurate then you know, in that case. But but then you talk talking about Tuncil and the trade there, right? We've got a big trade for this yeah. and this is I think this story probably encapsulates the Texans off season. And I hope, you know, when this season's all done, we've got something to say to all these people who have dragged this team through the muddle off season, right? Because Jamal yeah. Jamal Adams' trade goes through and it's, you know, just, you know, what, you know, maybe, what was it, 20 picks difference placing off the Tunsil deal. Plus, I know there was a couple of players in there that Bradley McDougal's going over. He's actually not bad safety, I think. It's, you know, decent bit of business for the Jets. They're not in a position to win, so they, they take the picks, just like Miami where we got Tunsil. But that was universally panned by critics. One, for the amount they gave up, and the fact, second, the fact that they didn't extend them. Neither of those happened. Because it's Pete Carroll, because it's John Schneider. You know, Seattle, good team, great program, program builders, you know, they've got Russell Wilson, everybody loves him. It doesn't get anywhere near the same sort of level of criticism. And and but to be fair, there was a few prominent media members called that out. But it just it just feels like, you know, one rule for one, one rule for the rest, you know, when it comes to genuine media look, and Houston is um, is the what, the fourth largest city in America. It should have a far bigger presence and it does in social you know they all you know and it does not social media because i think as you said that's a bit of a, a bit of a skewed reality right but in terms of this yeah. sort of mainstream media you never get a look in it's always the same you know it was a shame with the virtual draft this year because they didn't have a team to cut to adverts when it was their pick you know and that's usually what happens in the text yeah. right but i just thought does that not just sum up like the off season of people that just I mean we are just so low down the priorities of people or or perceptions of people this year because of a few moves they just forget everything yeah. else that goes on the season pride yeah. obviously yeah
0: yeah i it it is it does seem to be um it, you know if I was a paranoid person, I'd say it was like there was some sort of conspiracy um but it's you've got to embrace it it's it's a competitive advantage again at the start of the season if if everybody's convinced by this that the the texans are not a not a competitive team then. When they come out and prove that they are a competitive team, maybe that will give them an advantage and win some help and win a game. But, you know. And, you, but got... it's but
1: it's even with the bookies as well, and that's that's when it starts to maybe think. Oh well, they got a point then. You know, am I completely wrong? Is my Mike... maybe
0: I need to go out and put some money? Well, on that, well, you know? If,
1: you, if I tell you what, if it takes with the FC South this year, yeah, uh, that'll pay for my flight next year because it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good odds, right? And and like yeah, it's very good. And odds. but do you know, and but even like and. I usually put maybe twenty quid on the Thamesman Super Bowl every year, just in case. Cause you think, well, yep. if you get to go, then you know that that'll help with some of the cost. So it's worth the twenty quid. And it's like an insurance policy. I always think, right? Yeah, 28 to one. The Chicago Bears are ahead of us.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but, madness. Like, so, but
1: it's just the, the disrespect to people. But he, but what I've noticed now is, I always think it takes about a year to catch on the truth because there's so much, you know, complete disregard for what goes on the field because you know you hear people talking and you know and they and you think well i don't think that guy's listening to actually what's going on the field right but there is a complete disregard for what actually goes in the field but now you're starting to slowly see that sort of rhetoric and thinking actually you know not to go over all ground but you just think you know actually maybe a, a, a team that never quite got over the hump and didn't look that efficient on offense maybe channeling over 35 percent of your targets through a possession wide receiver who's lost his top-end elite speed, you are know, questionably speaking, yeah.
0: isn't necessarily yeah.
1: a healthy distribution of the ball when you've only got one ball to go around. And maybe actually yeah. a more varied attack would be good. And you're starting to see that sort of thought. Now, not, not that I'm saying I can definitively, or you, you know, or you can sit here at this stage of the offseason definitively say that is going to be a strategy that works. But I mean, I don't remember a time ever watching this team, even the year we signed Brock Osweiler. You know, the... What, that but people doubted us this much. Now that's going to be fuel, you know, up to the tier. It's,
0: a, it's an odd one. I, I have seen. So no, I've seen a few pundits that have that have gone down that route of actually, you know what, um, may, maybe forcing the Sean to to use other options is actually going to be an, an advantage this season. But it's definitely been a it's definitely been a minority view. But at the same time, you've got these same pundits who are who are um so down on the Texans' chances. Generally, these same pundits are still also in the same breath talking about Sean Watson's chances of becoming MVP, and it's just like, what? How can how can those two things exist in your mind at the same time? Yeah. No, what that's it. I think it, like you know, in,
1: uh, all these moves, you know, in off season or whatever. It's you know, we've gone off on a bit of a tangent here, but probably we've probably not had anything out for a while. So, some. Of it's, I'd have a good yeah. Well, some of the, but, you know, it. I think I think with some of this though, you think like you've got. You know, a top five guy, you know, maybe even a top three when he's on form, you know, okay, top ten on a bad day.
0: Yeah.
1: At the most important position, you, you know, Seattle can make that move for, um, you know, for a, for a, who's essentially a, a box safety that gives you a lot of, you know, that gives you a lot of versatility and he can rush the pants and he can do everything else. But, you know, he's not, I don't know if he's in that same sort of, uh, same 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 uh, kind of bracket when you know when they had cam chancellor and Earl thomas back there and you know, the, you know the, the legion of boom but they're looking to try and get back to that as a model and that's why they've done it but the reason why they're doing that is because they've got a franchise passer, why are they competitive here because they get just enough quality around them and he does the rest you know and then you just see one or two players here so i yeah i mean it's it, it's funny but i just think the more you, you the more you go through it like season by season you start to you're to kind of learn, you know, learn a bit more about it. But I think it's, I, I just think a lot of people these days, they don't actually pay that much attention to what goes on in the field. Listen to what's been said in the, in the, in the national media, repeat it as their own to sound informed. Yeah. And they don't have it. And actually, yeah, the an reality is...
0: They aggregate, they aggregate yeah. everyone else is saying and then it yeah. sort of feeds on it. And own. the reality
1: is, I think people are just too busy watching Red Zone and seeing how many you know fantasy points they score. And they're not actually watching what's going on in the field. You know what I mean? And I just yeah. don't think that actually, you know, I think the appreciation for the game, I think sometimes is being lost, I think, because, you know, you just think, well, that doesn't really make much sense to me, but I can see how it makes sense from a point of view of, you've listened to somebody who you can pick up in a draft, or will score you points. I get that for that. And, yeah. go, and that I just think that rhetoric sort of comes in a bit. And it's actually, you know, and probably it's maybe, it's about all your preference and algorithms and a lot of the stuff you get spat at you when you, when you open up your phone. But I think it's just, uh, yeah, I think that that's a big trend of people actually Paying any attention to to what's going on, but anyway, we've had an off season, Mike. Where we've had a player arrested, charged with potentially <laughs> charged with a felony. And we're in, you know, however many yeah. minutes in. So uh, Kenny stills I think the team just kind of said, look, I mean, it sounds ridiculous. They were just all sitting outside the guy's house asking him to. Yeah, it was a peaceful yeah. protest,
0: right? It was a peaceful <laughs> protest. Technically trespassing, right? So fair enough, but it was a peaceful protest, and I think the team. did he make comments yeah Yeah. exactly Uh, you know um i mean the guy the guy uses his platform in a way i mean it's difficult to make a comment without sort of maybe making political comments i'll be really careful but guy uses his platform to to you know talk about things that are important to him and you know fair play to him i've got no issues i you know hopefully hopefully nothing nothing it's going to happen, uh, and if yeah, thing, and I think you know, my
1: worst fear was, does that get blown up by somebody, or does it, you know, you know, does that get blown up by a yeah. sponsor, and, and, and then it makes them make a decision that's potentially not. But I think, but you know, and I think some, I think the, the days of though about being political, it's not, it's just about treating people fairly, you know, and I think and fair play to Kenny because I think he's got Absolutely. a role to play for this Absolutely. team, you know, this I year, think, and uh, he could be, you know, he's, he's got a chance of being potentially maybe not, in, maybe not in yards, but he I think, he could very well lead the team, you know, he's probably a top end wide receiver three, yeah, if I not think, four, depending on, you know, who else speaks. I think healthy, he's, an he's an important he's an important
0: player this season. Yeah. No, a really important player. Bedtime. Yeah. I think if if, it, if 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 this had happened uh, in an isolated incident, maybe a season, two seasons ago, I think that, that it would have been turned into an issue. Yeah. But I think it's changed, right now no, it's definitely yeah. different.
1: Yeah, it's changed and I think that's the thing. I mean there's just been so, it feels like so much going on this off season, but yeah, for a, a guy to get around I mean, the last time the guy who got arrested was Ryan Griffin when he put his hand through a window when they when they when they drafted <laughs> another tight end or in the third round and he probably knew his days was up and then I think the team used it as an excuse to get out yeah. his contract. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, you just think you know, you know, it just shows you what a crazy offseason it has been when uh, a player gets arrested. You know, and I think it, you know, and it's a footnote, but I mean, if you take a pragmatic view yeah. of it, it should be a footnote because I think the charge was you know one of the biggest made up you know. I think you know. Obviously, everybody's got controls and stuff they can put in the help them do their job. But I think it, the charge was something like obstructing somebody from conducting a legal yeah, act. It yeah, <laughs> just sounds like bollocks have made it yeah. on the spot just to try and clear people out of the side of the guy's house. But like can I mean that, that. That I mean, you know, as you said, without going too too far in it. But that, I mean, that story is absolutely shocking. And fair play to Kenny for for um, for pursuing yeah. that. You know, with, with such vigor. And look, if he if, if that's the kind of vigor he's got to to pursue things, that he's that he, he wants to do with his platform so we, it could be his last year I don't know if they will extend them really we're talking about you know he's another guy that could go but um it's definitely one that um it's definitely one that, that um that, that should be that should be pushed aside and, and he's a football player first and foremost and uh, sometimes you know you think you need to act differently but on that occasion it just felt like it wasn't much of an issue I think there's a lot been going on though I think you know obviously the Titans have extended Henry as well, which seemed like a no-brainer. He is their football team, and I think we've done a good job of bottling him up. But you know, they've they've committed them for a, a two-year period, slightly above what the, the cap uh, or the or the franchise yeah. tag would have would have given them. So you know, we've, we've got to contend with him. But I, I I don't think he necessarily. I'm more scared with guys like A. G. Brown or Simmons. You know, I and a defensive tackle. I think he, you know, like he's big on his day. But I think when you know we've played him, we've shown understanding of how they want to run the ball when actually we've forced them. Apart. Yeah, it doesn't so, scare me. You know, I've. I've no, no, I don't think so. I think he, he, from the guy I've watched, you know, I know he's, he's had some injuries and he's not always you know, played all, you know, as many downs or snaps as he should have, but yeah, I was, I, mean, I think, you know, they've committed a lot of money to you know a running back and a, and, a, and, a, and a passer who, you know, he might he might might regress back to what he's always been. I think that's a big chance, but yeah, there's been a lot going on really um, around the league, I think. And obviously all the stadiums are coming out. I think of, of being closer your know, Atlanta's confirmed that I think you know imagine if you're LA as well right if you're both LA teams they've got to share a brand new stadium yeah. which is empty and they've got to conduct with hard knocks as well so they've got an added risk of both of them being filmed both of yeah. them empty stadiums I mean I, I feel for these guys I mean I know like there's a value to be had with HBO and I'm sure that's a contract that they've got to they've got to consider but I mean, or you've got to sort of uphold really, but you know, LA is going to be a tough one for them to, to to negotiate through that, considering the size of the city, the, the yep. sprawl of distance that the players will travel to to practice every day. You think that's probably got to be the hardest situation to manage, particularly because they are hub And you know, LA has been on yep. the coast.
0: Yeah, it, it, it It's a it's got to be a worry. So some of some of these areas where you know it's that they're they're going to be probably struggling to contain it for for a long time. Uh, or it's something that's going to just keep coming back, and you, you're going to have teams that are going to be able to start filling stadiums again a lot sooner than others. And you know, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know what their sort of finances look like, but you know, what, how, how much of an advantage? probably isn't going to advantage this this season, but how much of an advantage having slightly fuller coffers going into next season compared to this season? Um, but these, are, this is all large amounts of money that I, you know, it's difficult for me to think about. Yeah,
1: that's uh, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, I think people get upset about contract value and all that kind of stuff. And you know as well, as only as it pertains to your salary caps and teams will need to readjust. I think people's expectations of 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 uh, of the of their, of their of their increased salary that they may have got, I think, will go back. You know, just like Jamal Adams probably, you know, might not get the deal he necessarily wanted to reduced salary cap, and you know, people actually will have to see the market and potentially come under it. I think. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'll, I mean, and hopefully, you know, we're not talking about. I thought we'd be talking about a Deshaun extension yet. Um, but I saw his agent, uh, David Magaletta was got got the um, the first time it had no offset. I think it was no offset languages that were described by um, by one of his one of his draft picks.
0: I hope, um, but actually, I hope that I hope it's not something that will that that will drag on or become a sort of bit of a distraction. You know, I mean. It, it's not something you want. It's not. It's not something you want to be. Uh, to be sort of become a an issue as 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 day once gets closer. That for there to be sort of some sort of yeah. disagreement or argument or.
1: It's difficult to know, right? Because I I always used to think you know a negotiation like this must be you know reasonably. Um, not, not necessarily straightforward but everybody knows the variables yeah. right so it's like you know, you know what you're sort of you know. and Tunsil said that I just said I just had to learn the terminology and I could do it myself yeah. I didn't need to give somebody a cut and you know and he's a smart yeah, guy yeah. right so I, I, I don't know if Deshaun would feel comfortable doing his own deal and players in the past have done their own deals I think uh-huh. Sherman Richard Sherman did his and it didn't actually look that great on paper when you saw him the three year the three year cash flow is the thing I always look at first because that's the that's like what you know the team's actually paying out in the first three years and then the rest is kind of Paper money at the back end, but I was what I was trying to say there, uh, Mike. Is David Magalit gets what he wants, right? And, and when he's negotiating, he set the mark. He got Landon Collins fourteen and a half million a year. When you know, when New York, a team that you know we're trying to build the roster, let him go. Um, you know, and he's, he, he, and he's, he's, his agency, um, athletes first, is, is representing a lot of big players and reset the contracts for a lot of big, you know, big players and reset continue to reset the market. And as I was saying, he got the, the he. With a rookie deal, which actually the parameters are almost fixed by the rookie wage scale, he's managed to get the best deal possible. Um, he's almost like it was like ninety percent guaranteed, no offset language. So how he's managing to do that? He's either incredibly stubborn and hardball. You know, like we talked about Scott Boras in, in, uh, in baseball, and you saw him, uh, his client Garrett Cole, who was at the Houston Astros, go to the go to the um go, go to the Yankees, and even though you know actually if he'd been paid the light for light money, he would have got paid more cash in his bank in Houston because there's no state tax. So certain, I think sometimes certain agents, you know, can get in the way. Now he seems to be a really smart, young, forward-thinking guy. All the guys, like you know, all these you know players and and uh, all the guys that are signed to that agency, they all call it talk about family ties and how how you know how much our family they make them feel. But the guy's getting them paid, so uh, as you said, I hope it doesn't run, run on. I don't think it will. I think he, I think a guy like that, if he's going to have to renegotiate at some point with Houston, he's going to have to see the bigger picture and they may make some concessions, but. It feels like it has dragged on for a while now, but you always thought it would be trading caps. Yeah. So hopefully, we'll have some announced in the next couple of weeks, and you know we can put that to bed. But you know, if he's wanting a heavy cash flow, of forty million plus, which is probably you know it's probably fair based. But I mean, obviously, you so you got to look at Mahomes' deal when actually the the, the, the first the first three years were pretty yeah. empty in terms of that. If he's only wanting a three year extension, forty million, your caps dropped to one hundred seventy five
0: doesn't look no. great.
1: Do you no. know what I mean? In terms of roster composition. So, you know, it probably couldn't have come at a worse time, um, for us, but we'll see. Last thing I want to touch on, Mike, it was I don't know if you read the story in the Washington Post. It was came about last week. And look, I mean it's not it's not it's not funny in terms of what the uh in terms of what the um what they've done and obviously they've changed yep. the name of the team. A very inventive Wash Washington, yep. Washington football team, which They're I'm a big proponent creative. of by the way, I think yeah well you don't well do you know do you know what it's about football, right? And whether you've got a a zodiac yeah. or a three-eyed three-eyed hog on your back it doesn't it's make any right it's all about the players yeah. you've got yeah you've got the culture you've got the culture of the players they'll still playing sort of the meridian gold and, and you know it's what it is right i mean the name should have changed years yep. ago you know it was racist five years ago you know or question you know or i mean unless you're you know unless that i always think unless that term affects you then it's difficult to actually say definitively from the outside looking in but certainly it's been shown in studies there's some that weren't offended by it yep. of but anyway you can see how it can be construed as something. It's probably not the commonplace for, you know, hundred a couple of hundred thousand people walking about with that yep. name in the metropolitan yep. area with that logo on. Fair enough. Get it. But then I think you know, but then you think, well, you know, Vikings, you know, they you know, they were the biggest slave traders <laughs> probably, you know, in the world. So, you know, is that is that questionable? <laughs> is that cowboys, they were the they were the victors of, you know, uh of you know of Native Americans, yeah. you know if you if if you're to believe yeah. other stories, so like I mean I don't know how far you go, but you've got you've got a current
0: minority it. or a current group who are in some way uh, disadvantaged, then then it, and affects them and they're offended by it, then you've got to take it seriously. I don't. We haven't. There are yeah. no Vikings so in a position kind of disadvantaged yeah. in the world at the moment. So. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You maybe have to. You have to go some archaeology sites to go and yeah. ask them. I think. But they. But I think there's. But yeah. I mean. Anyway. But I think. But at the point, actually, just because I think you. you know, you Talk about the Texans getting yeah. panned, but a team that's been panned for the longest time is the Redskins, yeah. right? So you know the Redskins, are, are Washington football team, <laughs> the Washington, the Washington the Washington football team, um were accused by cheerleaders of a sexist working environment yep. which actually now ron rivera the coach who a guy i think a lot of people have got time for in the yep. league um, his daughter actually works there and, you know and he said we're going to try and move on but there was the their their head announcer a couple of senior vice personnel all um all you know relieved of their duties now there was there was a number of bullet points that didn't make it in to the um Washington post article but and, and there's a reason why, but you know, but there was talk, you know, and again, you just never know, confirmed source, etc. But you know, there was talk of the FBI looking into it, you know, because it was reasonably, you know, it re- reasonably kind of severe. You've got, you know, they had talking of of, and why it's relevant to the text, and why we're talking about it is, um, is, is John Gruden, uh, Jay's brother, who was the head coach at the time, talking about having sex parties, uh, with with uh, an abuse of the cheerleaders, taking their passports off them so they couldn't leave. Um, payment of referees was the biggest one. And up to two, and supposedly Dan Schneider, up to $2 million um, dollars paid to referees. Now, I mean, like, you, <laughs> if that's even gotten the, the slightest inkling of truth yeah. in it. Uh, yeah. You know, if that has the slightest inkling of truth in it at all, you know the the very fabric of the games up the top. Yeah, Changing like, their the name,
0: uh, mishandling the change of the name is the small is the is the least of their issues. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, the 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 fact that they were pimping out yeah. cheerleaders, the season yeah. ticket holders, a prominent sweet holder is you know to think that's going on and I, and look at I know like the guy, um what was his name? Was it Richardson that took the David Tepper about team off from Carolina, and he had a statue outside they took it down yeah you know and some of his but i mean like it was like a sort of 1970s comedy sketch when he was going around the office on a friday you know and he thought people are actually putting up with that now Like i know the nfl is effectively a private industry and there is certain private or you know even public-based companies but are, are industries that are not necessarily what most people would, yeah. would accept as you know common courtesy at least at the very least the people in the workplace but you think yeah, I mean, to think he, they could have been paid. I mean, if they were paying referees, it wasn't a great investment because i have not really gained anything out of it since. I, since I wonder,
0: uh, I've got theory, so I, I work. Um, I work in PR. I've I've worked. I've gone through quite a few sort of brand brand changes for for large companies and things. And so that when you look at the sort of half fairly half uh, half cut um, rebrand with a temporary Washington um, name, it does make me wonder whether or not. They think there's more stuff that's going to happen, and they and they think that there, there might be some of this muck's going to stick, and there might be you know there might be more scandal and there might be more things that come to the surface, and they're holding off with a proper rebrand until all of this is out of the way, because the last thing you want to do is have a brand shiny new uh, shiny new name for your team and, and 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 be launching that and then have all of this stuff thrown at it at the same time, and that stuff sticks and then you've associated you know you've you've kind of got that associating with this team name i know it's always going to be washington right but you, you uh, from a from a sp- strictly a brand person's perspective you want to do that with you want to, if you want a fresh start you rebrand so if they think stuff's going to happen you put off that rebrand until all of that stuff is out of the way and then you can come out and say well it's a new start we've put all that, that stuff behind us this is this is the future now and i do wonder whether or not this is a conscious but it's either it's either a rush decision and they couldn't make a decision and so they've done it. Or it's it's a conscious, slightly cynical maybe decision to put off actually properly rebranding the team until all of this has actually calmed down and they've put it and they've got it all to one side and they're sure that nothing else is gonna crop up.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. I mean I, I know there was a an Acturian in the Washington area who, who um patented or tried to copyright Washington centres. I think there was also two guys that worked for Deloitte, I think it was. Yeah, who tried to pay something else, so you know they might have to cut them a check. That was maybe why it was delayed. But yeah, I think it seemed like if you have to pay somebody a small fee because they've never actually used that trade. Yeah, they never.
0: That's trademark. that's there, there are there are ways around that. I mean, you can challenge. You can often challenge those as well. So you, if you're not using it, it's a you know you, you're you're pirating it. You're pirating it in a way. You, you sort of it's it's a dishonest registration that you can often get around. Or you know if it, if it comes to it, you just. You pay them off. It's quite straightforward. They can afford it. So um, I, I honestly think that maybe if, if it was that important, they'd have rebranded properly and they'd have got it done. Um, it yeah. just hasn't it just hasn't been done. But then they haven't put the work in either. So you go to their website, I think it's still redskins.com or something like that. It's, it's still, yeah. you know, it's not that. Yeah. that it's not easy got to,
1: got it. to unpick all that when you've no, got a no, brand got over it. so many years. And that's why I think if you're going to change it, change it. But then it's like, you know, the day that New England get caught cheating again, they sign Cam Newton. So there's easy ways to bury stories and change change the press cycle. Yeah, uh, you know, and that and as you said they've got you know each team's paying a PR department to do that for them. So interesting, I, you know. As I said, I think I'm actually you know I, I thought maybe they were setting a trend by just calling it the Washington Football tier. So I like you, know, you know what
0: I do like it, but then we we come from a we come from a place where football teams are often named after the place, right? So you know. Yeah, needs. <laughs> yeah, it's just what it but
1: is. I think, yeah, that's the good thing about the Houston Texans, right? I don't think they've got that much in common with Washington on or off the field. But yeah, you know, it was a bit less for me. I always thought it was a bit less gimmicky than a bird or something like that. I know there's a kind of bull to kind of amplify it, but that's synonymous with Texas. I don't. It is. It's you know, a Texas yeah. symbol, right? So, yeah, uh, know okay. so I think it, it has some resonance. But but yeah, it's a strange time. Uh, for us enemy, mate. Right, we'll need to pick up next week, Mike. I think we've got a lot of stuff to go over. Um, I think we need to try and pick out, you know, some a bit more of uh, what we think this season is going to turn out. Who are our guys? I think, and what uh, and what we, what we can expect from this team. But um, it's Absolutely. been a pleasure, Mike. Thanks for joining us again, thanks, and uh, and uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. Back in season two, uh, excited to be with you. Hopefully, be with you every week now right into late, you know, to early February and talking about a successful season, but it seems pretty bleak and up in the air at this point. But You can uh, follow us at Podcast Texans, follow us at texans.com Please share and rate and review the podcast if you can, one of your Texans friends. Thank you very much for listening again and uh, we'll check in again with you next week, but we are Texans. <laughs>